shook. How are we at 100 episodes? It really doesn't seem like it's been 100 episodes. Like, it feels like it's been maybe 20. (laughs) And this whole podcasting thing, like, I'm going to get into it, but I just have to say... It is one of those things that I'm always going to be changing and mixing up just because like as much as I love consistency, which like I'm consistent with putting out podcasts, but the way that I do it always mixes up, mixes up a bit. So if you guys haven't noticed lately, what I've been doing is writing a blog post every week that coincides with the podcast that I put out every week. For the most part, this may like fluctuate a little because not every podcast that I do would be a good blog post um, unless I like hired a transcriber to like write out the podcast. But for the most part, like I was already writing the outline of blog posts because what I do a lot of the times is I just outline what I'm some of the main bullet points for the podcast episode. So turning it into a blog post is super easy. Um, And just my process changes up. Like when I post um, interviews, things like that, I'm trying not to do as many interviews because I really want to focus on bringing you guys super high quality guests. Like not that the guests that I've had in the past aren't high quality because I have, you know, obviously released their episodes and, and, and loved them to some extent if I (laughs) loved the episodes to some extent if I posted them. But, um, I really want to focus on just bringing on guests who really have the desire to serve and give you guys valuable pieces of information that you can take into your business and into your lives and make it better by listening to the episode. So that's really where my headspace has been the last couple of, I would say the last like two or three months. So I'm feeling like I'm just now starting to get into, get into the groove, like that Madonna song. So if you guys have been following me on Instagram at Living Breely, you've probably seen some of the podcast clips from previous episodes, which has been really cool. I love posting just like little clips from the podcast because sometimes like I don't think like people have to listen to every single podcast. Like that's never my expectation, but I want people to like get a little bit of a hint of like the value that they can find when they do listen to an episode. And I've also been posting examples of pins um, that I post on Pinterest. As you guys know, I love Pinterest. It has been such a huge like help for me. I mean, just in everything that I've done so far, I don't spend a ton of time on Facebook and and like posting and getting involved in groups as, as much as I do love doing that. It's just a huge time consumer for me. And the best use of my time isn't to be in Facebook groups and (laughs) on Facebook. It's to be actually creating content like blog posts, like podcasts, and working one-on-one with clients. So I really do enjoy Instagram because it allows me, I think, like, I just feel different when I'm on Instagram than when I'm on Facebook. I don't know why I need to, like, 
dive into that a little bit more and like really understand what why that is um but definitely follow me on Instagram if you're looking for ideas on how to design pins that actually get you clicks and not just views. Um, I do some examples and maybe what I'll do after this is create an Instagram story highlight with all of the Pinterest images that I've done in the last couple of weeks, like the ones that I really, really like. So that way, if you guys have, if you're like, I don't even know what a pin should look like, Um, go to my Instagram and you'll find out. So (laughs) speaking of Pinterest for the hundredth episode, what I wanted to do was give you guys a discount code for the Pinterest membership. Um, so as you guys know, I created the Pinterest membership a couple of maybe like two or three months ago and it's been popping up off like I was not expecting it at all but there are so many people who are like I don't even know why I never thought about Pinterest like I only use it for recipes and like DIYs and I'm like no 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 no. you need to be using it to actually grow your business so that is why I created the Pinterest membership because I teach you all of that inside of it including like based from like step one (laughs) of how to create your Pinterest business profile, how to read the analytics to creating pins. If you don't have a blog on your website now, I give you blogging templates because you're technically already writing blogs. You just have to learn how to repurpose the content. So I teach you how to find keywords, how to write the descriptions. Um, I have templates for the, for your pins as well. So you can literally, if you have a Canva account, which is Canva's free, you can basically go in and use the templates that I have used in the past for my own pins. Um, it's a great freaking deal. And the reason why I created the membership is because sometimes when I've bought in Pinterest courses in the past, it will like be regurgitating information that I already know. So it's like, I don't need to know like how to set up a profile. So that's why I created the membership because I wanted people to be able to go in and grab the information that they need and just be done. And like if they're maybe if they're a beginner, there's obviously the information in there for them. But if they're a little bit more intermediate in their usage of Pinterest, like they might be able to skip a couple of steps. So that's why I created the membership. It's not something that I expect people to be in for like six months. I mean, if that's what you need, that's awesome. Go for it. I'm not going to be like, no, you're done. I'm going to kick you out. <laughs> but if you um, are interested, the link is down below and I'm going to be giving you guys 30% off of your first month. Um, so use the code 100 L G I let's get into it but it kind of sounds like legit so again it's code 100 l g i t all caps i'll include the code down below too if you case you guys need to copy and paste it so that code's only going to be valid until october 1st 2019 if you're listening to this episode after that expiration date, just send um, me an email to info at livingbreely.com. And if we have any discount codes or promotions going on, um, I'll shoot you over a code. Great feedback from it. And if you guys are interested, 
I think you guys should just check it out at the very least. Just check it out. Um, you could just even do one month. Like I've had people who are like, I learned everything I needed to learn in one month and I'm so happy that I did it. And now I can go and apply everything that I learned to my Pinterest account. And it also gives you guys direct access to me. So if you guys have questions, um, there's information in the membership on how to best get in contact with me. And you can also leave comments within each section. So if there's questions that you have about like the content or anything like that, I respond to those comments. So if you're wondering how I ended up with the podcast, I'm wondering the same thing. <laughs> no, really. I How did I end up with a blog, with a business, with a podcast? Like, how did all of this happen? And honestly... I'm not lucky. I did not come from a family that was super rich. I didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs. I didn't know a single entrepreneur. I didn't know anyone who owned like their own business or did any of those th- any of the things that I'm doing. So like how I ended up here is strategic. Okay? I'm not going to lie. I am very methodical with the things that I do. And not even methodical, but just like if I know that I want to do something, I just do it. And this is a good thing and a bad thing because like it's great to be somewhat impulsive in business because I really believe in like launching and just getting it out into the world and then reworking it as you get feedback from your clients or your customers But at the same time, like it can be bad to be impulsive because you can waste a lot of money or a lot of time in things that aren't actually viable. But those are also really big learning lessons. So how I ended up here was not by luck. I really hate when people are like, you're so lucky you own your own business. I'm not lucky. I just fucking worked really hard at the end of the day. (laughs) Like That's what it is. Um, I was looking at the podcast statistics last night and the numbers are growing pretty quickly, like faster than they were in, in earlier this year. So I know that I have a bit of a newer audience who might not be really familiar with like what I was doing before all of this. So and I feel like this is such a preface to like understand like how I got here, because I really think people focus on the results of the work, but they never talk about the process. And I'm a big process person. Um, For me, that's like where a lot of fulfillment comes in more so than the actual result. Like the result is a nice like it's like the cherry on top. Like it's like great. Like I love it. But like the learning and the growth and the process, like for me, that is the most fulfilling part. So let's start from the beginning here. Um, In third grade, I had a teacher. I'm just kidding. Could you imagine if I started at third grade? We'd be here for like six hours. Um, So there's a helicopter going over. Sorry, guys. I started my career, if you want to call it that, in retail. So I worked in retail for like five and a half years. And I really loved it. I was like more in um, high-end luxury retail. So I worked for like a really large department store and a really well-known jewelry brand. And... I, my whole goal of working in there is that I wanted to 
go over into the corporate side of retail and work in human resources because I had a job my first summer out of high school as an HR assistant for a company that performed um, therapy for autistic children. And I loved working in HR. Like the women that I worked with were so incredible to be around because they were educated. They had master's degrees. They had certifications in HR and they had families and it was just like a a real awakening of like, oh my gosh, women can do it all. Um, And that was my first, my first job out of high school. Like I used to work on the weekends with my mom because she taught first aid and CPR classes. But this was the first time that I was like going to work. Like I had a job had a job, you know, and I was like, I want to work in HR. And so that's what I decided to go to school for was for business. And then I would go and take my certifications like before when I graduated. And so working in retail while I was going to school was perfect because it had a ton of flexibility. But I was getting to a point where I was like, I'm so done with retail. I really commend people who make retail their career because it's really hard on your body um, working with different types of personalities and obviously like customer service is a huge part of it too and I was getting like itchy like I was just like (laughs) itchy I was getting the itch like I was like I need to do something different I've been doing it for five years once you sell you learn how to sell retail stuff and product knowledge like you can pretty much sell anything so it wasn't a challenge for me anymore and I decided, you know what, before I continue school anymore, because I was at that point where I was like, I'm going to have to start taking out student loans. Why don't I go and work in HR just to make sure that this is something that I really want to do? Because I'm about to take out massive amounts of debt and I would hate to do that and then hate what I'm doing. So I was really, really fortunate to get a job as a recruiter for a web marketing company. And I it was a startup type of vibe, even though it was owned by a large internet conglomerate. It was a great like first introduction to HR and recruiting. And I really did I really did enjoy recruiting. And with that job came with this understanding of a lot of aspects of myself that were being tested. So it, a lot of it was like, on like my first day, my boss basically handed me a 50 page packet, which was essentially a job description and was like, this is your job. I didn't have a phone. I didn't have a computer. He left me in that room. That was all I did my first day was like, read this packet, which I finished in like half an hour. <laughs> And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is what it means to be corporate in a corporate position. And so he later told me what he was doing was trying to see if I would sink or swim. And like I was fucking doing the backstroke. okay? like the butterfly. What is it? Breaststroke. (laughs) Like I was I was dive. I was Michael Phelps. okay? (laughs) that situation. I worked extremely hard. Um, to figure out that job because it was something I had never done before. And I really loved it. And I learned that I loved developing the process because of the way that the company was set up. We didn't really have like a streamlined recruiting process. And so building that was so fun for me. I know that sounds weird. Like, what? That's fun. But it was really fun for me. And then once we kind of got this process down in about a year, 
I was like, I'm kind of bored. Like, I need to do something else. And so I, at that time, I was dealing really, really badly with anxiety, but I didn't know that I was dealing with anxiety. I thought that I was just overworked, stressed out. I mean, I was working 12, 13 hour days, coming home and working, working on the weekends. Like, I felt like I had so much to prove in that position and I was putting so much pressure on myself. And those two things, like, when you feel like, you're under a lot of pressure and you feel like you have to prove yourself it's basically like the container for anxiety (laughs) um and I didn't know any of this like I wasn't in tune enough with myself I wasn't self-aware enough to like really understand what I was going through and I would get really nauseous at work and like I was just really struggling and I was like, you know what, I think I need something with more structure because it was a startup company. So it was kind of like this, the way that they run businesses when it's like very corporate versus very startup is is it's completely different. And so I, that's why I was like allowed to work from home even after I was done at the office and work on the weekends and those types of things. So I thought, you know what, maybe it'll be better if I go and work for... <laughs> Again, totally misguided in this for a bigger company like a multi-billion dollar financial institution, which sounds like really great, but it really wasn't. I knew within the first day that I walked in that I was going to be miserable because it was a giant room filled with cubicles and it was quiet, like library quiet. And I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I am not a very quiet person. I am a little bit, um, I like to talk, first of all. I like to talk with the people around me. Like, I, I'm I'm a big collaborator. I thrive in connection, which is why I was also really good as a recruiter. But, which if you don't know what a recruiter is, basically, I should have cleared this up, sorry. Basically, we help people find jobs. If you, when you apply to any position online, there is someone on the other side who is looking at your application and your resume, and we have really strict criteria to know if you, whether you qualify or not. And so that was basically my job. I would call the people, set up, like do a pre-interview, set up the interviews, all of that. Um, sometimes do the interviews, those types of things. But when I walked into this office space, my gut like sank. I instantly knew I was like, oh, this isn't going to last long. (laughs) And it was the environment first and foremost. And it was also the job. It was so mundane. It was the same thing over and over again. I would ask literally, I'm not saying this hyperbolically, literally the same like 10 questions for every single person I interviewed. And If you guys have ever done that type of work, it is abysmal. It is the worst thing that I have ever, I shouldn't say the worst thing, but it was mind numbing. And then to be dealing with anxiety on top of that, it, my body was shot. My adrenals, I mean, I never, like, it was just, it was horrible. I, went to work from eight to five every day. I would drive to work with a trash bag next to me because I thought I was going to throw up. On my lunch breaks, I would just sit in my car and cry. (laughs) On my way home, I would 
cry. (laughs) There was a lot of crying happening. And I was so exhausted by the time I got home that I just couldn't do anything. I just would sit on the couch and watch TV and then go to sleep and wake up and do it all over again. And if you've ever been in that place, like, you know how difficult it is to even see your way out of it. Like, I was not connected. I was not seeking on bettering myself in any way. Like, I didn't know about, I mean, I knew about podcasts, but I never listened to them. I had never read, like, a self-help book or, like, knew about any of this online blogging stuff. And I remember it was in between Christmas and New Year's, like there's that two week break or whatever. And we were still working, even though it was so dumb to work. Like I remember thinking this in my head because people, when you're a recruiter setting up interviews with hiring managers who are on vacation and with people who want to like are looking no one's really applying for jobs at the time because everyone's doing stuff for their holiday or you know out of the country celebrating so it was not a great time to be scheduling interviews or doing interviews or any of that so I remember there was just all of this downtime and it had rained the day before and my phone fell into a puddle and it died and I called Verizon and they were like yeah we can get you a phone but it's going to take a little bit longer than usual because of the holiday so you're not going to get it for a couple of days and I was like that's fine I can live without my phone for a few days (laughs) so the next day I'm driving to work and I felt just like really off, but I didn't know why I felt off. And I remember trying to eat and just being like really queasy. And I was at my desk and I was like, you know what? Like I needed to go take some Tums or something. So I walk out to my car. I don't know why. Like, again, don't know why I did any of this. Um, and I was reaching into my glove compartment and I just start, sorry for anyone listening, I just start vomiting. (laughs) And I remember being like, shit, what am I going to do? Because I don't have a phone. I can't call my boss and be like, I'm sorry, I'm throwing up in my car right now. I can't come back into the office. And it's not like I could walk back from my car into the office because it was a financial institution. So you had like a badge and a security. It was like a whole thing. Like I wouldn't have made it. So I'm like, okay, I guess I just have to drive home. I drive home and I'm literally I didn't have a bag. I had used up all the napkins I had. I'm throwing up in my hand as I'm driving home. And I get home and I'm like, I don't have a phone. I didn't have a house phone. So I'm like, shit, what do I do? So I had to borrow my neighbor's phone and call my boss and tell her um, I'm sick. And at that point, it had been like over an hour. So like I just got up to use the restroom and then I was just like gone. Like I disappeared. So that was like a whole thing. Like I felt that was already causing me anxiety which was weird. But anyway, I was sick for my phone came and then I was sick for, I think about a week. And I remember coming home that day and I went to the bathroom and I remember just like laying on the floor because the floor was cold and my face felt so hot from a fever. 
And I was like, oh, this just feels really good. I remember like waking up a couple of hours later on my bathroom floor and I, you know, went to grab the um, sink to pull myself up and I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror and I, my shirt was like dirty and my eyes were just were swollen and puffy and bloodshot. I had vomit on my face and I was like, who is this person? Like, I did not even recognize myself looking in the mirror. And I was just hit with all of these questions of like, who do you want to be? Is this the type of life you want? Is this all that there is to your life? Like, what kind of person do you want to be? Like, who are you? Were like the two questions that kept coming up and coming up. And I remember like not being able to answer them in a way that felt really good to me. And for that week that I was sick, I just sat there with these questions going about my head and I was like, you know what? I have done everything that everyone else has wanted me to do. I have never stopped for one second to be like, what is it that I want to do? Do I really want to go to college and get all of this debt and work in an office from nine to five every day? Is that really what I want? And like, who am I? Am I even a good person? Like, what is a good person? What is a kind person? What do those things look like? And I'm not saying that people who work a quote unquote normal job are bad or like, I don't like them or that I think that I'm better or less than them. Everyone has a different life plan. It's why I'm not a doctor and you're not an astronaut. Well, maybe you are an astronaut, but like it's why you're not in any other profession because we are all called to do something. Whether you believe in a higher power or not, we are all called to do something with our lives. And it's why there's astronauts and doctors and lawyers and entrepreneurs and people like Steve Jobs. Like, why did my dad not get the idea to do it, make an iPhone or Microsoft? Like, why was it Bill Gates and Steve Jobs? Like, everyone has just different things that they need to do on this planet. And I had never given myself the opportunity to really think about those things because everything was so laid out for me. And there's this really good quote by Joseph Campbell that I can never say it verbatim, but it's basically like if you can see your path laid out in front of you, it's not your path. And that's what I saw. I saw from the moment that I was in probably eighth grade when they start talking to you about seventh grade, when they start talking to you about college, that you go to college, you get a good job, you get married, you buy a house, you get a dog, you have a kid, you buy a hybrid SUV, and you go to Cabo once or twice a year and maybe Vegas. Like, that was what my life was supposed to be. And I was like, that is not going to make me happy. And it was at that point that I realized that I could not work in the job that I was doing anymore. And I was so, my anxiety was, this was not the type of anxiety where you're a little bit nervous. Everyone has a baseline of anxiety. Like everyone has experienced anxiety at, at some point in their lives because it is such a primal thing. You have anxiety before a big interview, before a presentation, before you get married, before you go on a date, like there's a little bit of nervousness and anxiety that exists in all of us. But this anxiety was dehabilitating. Is that if that's a word? Dehabilitating, dehumanizing. Like it was horrible. It was awful. It, it was to this day the most 
unpainful thing that I have experienced, but emotionally painful for sure. And I was like, I need to figure this out because I don't want to live like this if this is going to be my life. And so I started going to therapy and that's when I decided I'd love to write and I had all of this creative energy kind of built up inside of me that I hadn't hadn't been able to express because I was doing all of these like corporate things. And so I was like, you know what, I should start a blog because I had always wanted to write. I loved writing as a kid and I thought that it would just be a really interesting thing for me to do. And so I didn't know what I wanted to blog about, but I was like, I'm going to do some things with you know, anxiety, like meditation and mindfulness and mindset, like why don't I just start documenting those things? And within three, my goal was like, okay, if I, if this blogging thing's like even a real thing, like that people can actually like make a career, like I'm going to see if I can get a thousand views on my website in six months. And I was able to generate like 80,000 views on my website in three months utilizing Pinterest and I was like holy crap and I didn't tell anyone that I was blogging at all like I was kind of shy about it like I didn't tell my friends or my family I only told like a few people because I was so scared of what people were going to think because it was so different from what everyone else was doing and I felt like a loser like Honestly, and sometimes to be honest, sometimes I still feel like a loser. Like I'm like, I don't, I'm, what I'm doing is so different than what anyone else in my life is doing. I didn't, like I said, I didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs. I didn't have any friends, like anyone that I went to high school that was like, other than doing like, what was that Herbalife (laughs) and like MLM stuff. Like I didn't know, I didn't know anyone who was like, oh yeah, I create like online courses and I have a podcast. So I was just so out there and different and I was kind of nervous of, I still am kind of nervous about expressing what it, what it is that I do. So I was really fortunate enough to be connected with my friend Maria C. Krause, who was the first guest I ever had on the podcast. And she's going to be coming back, um, I think, in October to do another episode with me. I was fortunate enough to meet her and she was like, hey, there's a whole other world to this. And she was the one who introduced me to coaching and courses and like making it an actual viable business. So I was like, whoa, (laughs) there's so this whole world existed and I'm still feeling out of place in it sometimes to be honest and like really vulnerable with you guys. Like it doesn't always feel like I belong or that I'm worthy of being in this space and like creating the content that I do, I sometimes feel a little bit like awkward, like a fish out of water. But I keep showing up every day. I keep writing blog posts. I keep writing emails. I keep producing content. And I think the more and more that I feel comfortable in myself, the more and more my business succeeds and my clients succeed and my courses do well and the podcast keeps getting better. 
And yeah, I mean, this has been a crazy three fucking years and it's only been a little over a year with the podcast, which I started very impulsively. I was being interviewed for podcasts and getting like interviews for publications. And I was like, you know, I really love interviews. And I came from the background recruiting of interviewing people all day. And I thought, you know, I want to do more podcast interviews. Like, how do I do that? And instead of, you know, asking people, oh, to be on, can I be on your podcast? It was can I just start my own and interview people by myself? Like, why did I need... I created the opportunity for myself is what I'm getting at here. And it's taken many forms. I mean, the name has changed. It used to be called Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life. And as I moved away from more mindset and mindfulness and meditation-based content and moved more into business content and also just a lot of different topics... I wanted something that was a little bit more broad, but also still obviously like very focused on helping female and male entrepreneurs. Um, And I think it's going to continue to change. I think as I evolve as a person, so will my business. I think the more that, like I was saying, the more that I get comfortable with myself and who I am as a person, I think the more my business will too. I don't know if, if that ever will go away, if that doubt will ever go away. I think just being more aware of it has been really helpful to remind myself that I do belong here. And how I am on the podcast is really how I am in real life. Maybe I'm a little more mellow in real life than I am on the podcast, I would probably say. Obviously, if I was like chill and mellow the entire podcast it probably wouldn't be entertaining for you guys <laughs> um or maybe I'm not entertaining at all I don't know but what I do know is that I love where I'm at right now and I am so grateful for where I'm at right now I'm so grateful that I made it to 100 episodes I was reading a statistic the other day that said that most podcasts don't get past episode 7 and I was like well, we're way past that. So I guess I'm going to be around for a long time. <laughs> like, I, I'm so happy that I just recorded this 100th episode. It seems unreal to me. I can't wait till we're at 500 episodes and 1,000 episodes and 2,000 episodes. Like, I'm going to be here for a minute. So I hope you guys are ready. Buckle in. Let's get this shit started. I want to help you guys in your businesses as well. I, that's honestly like, okay, my purpose in life isn't to teach people Pinterest, like, but I do think my purpose in life is to help people realize their potential and also realize my own potential at the same time, because I think the power that we all have inside of us is, is infinite. And we put these blocks in front of ourselves. Part of it is our social conditioning, but the other part of it is also we limit ourselves by what we think we can and cannot do. And when you remove those limits, crazy shit happens. Like you get 80,000 views on your blog in three months. You start (laughs) coaching, you start course creation, you start a podcast, and you make it to 100 episodes. But the trick to all of it, like I said in the beginning, I am not lucky. Please never say you're so lucky. I'm not lucky. I just fucking worked my ass off and I worked really hard to get to this point and I'm not going to let myself forget it. 
<laughs> even if other people will forget it for you um, because people love to put other people in boxes because they have themselves in boxes and that's not what I'm about. Regardless, I am so grateful that I am here, that I'm recording this 100th episode. I'm excited for new guests that we're going to have on in the next couple of weeks. I'm excited to continue to be here, to continue to show up and teach you guys the things that I am learning and the things that I know. And if I have been in your ears for 30 minutes, for 10 minutes, forever long, how many episodes you've ever listened to, I hope that I've earned the privilege of your time. Honestly, it is the biggest blessing to be able to share this time with you. So if you guys liked this episode, please subscribe and give it a star rating on whatever platform you're on. And if you guys take an, a screenshot of you listening to this episode and tag me at Living Breely, I will show you some love. All right. I will see you guys for episode 101 next week. I love you so much. Be kind. To-